A prophecy has been foretold, my friends, and the prophecy lives on right now as it goes down like this. We just going to go out there and play basketball and win. And win? Yeah. And how many games? Six. We're going to win in six. Bucks in I'm six, Rowdy. Number of the day. The prophecy <laughs> lives. Isn't that number of the day. Let's, Let's hear from the count. <laughs> One. One. Two. Oh, the suspense. Three. Three. Four. Four. Oh, the mystery. Five. Five. Whatever will be number B. Six. We're going to win the six. Bucks and six lives. Bucks and six always. That's for the culture. The deer get it done last night. We were calling for a Chris Middleton game. Calling for a Drew Holiday game. We got that kind of. But what we really got was the Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis game. Oh, my God. Absolutely incredible last night at the Pfizer. The team comes out just blazing in the first quarter. There are some tense moments as the game progressed, but never look back as the Deer got the win. 123-112. to 112. Bobby Portis, the hype man. From not even playing at all, really, in the Brooklyn Nets series to just being that dude against the Hawks. And Brooke Lopez, both career playoff highs for these guys. Rowdy, what the hell was in the water for those two last night? Did they find Michael Jordan's secret stuff? Yeah, it was basically a four-man show for the Milwaukee Ooh. Bucks. Yeah, I mean, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday were no schleps either. They were they were bringing it, but especially Drew Holiday. But my God, Brooke Lopez was a man possessed. Or you could look at Bobby Portis in those eyes of his and be like, actually, that guy's possessed. But wow, Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis just absolutely monsters for the Milwaukee Bucks. And the crowd, pat yourself on the back as well because the crowd has been pretty bad for the deer in this series. They brought it right away. And uh, the Bucks said, hey, we'll take that series lead without Giannis and we'll take it to Atlanta. Uh, Saturday, tomorrow night, to see if they can book their trip to the NBA Finals the first time in their appearance since 1974. I I don't know if they're going to win down in ATL, but Rowdy, wow. Yesterday was crazy. Why well, how crazy? about the, the series before against the Brooklyn Nets? The Milwaukee Bucks clearly had the advantage inside when it came to matchups against the Brooklyn Nets. Mm-hmm. Now, looking at the Hawks roster, Clint Capella, he's an extremely good rebounder and also a pretty good rim protector. Yeah. Well, he had a tough game Clint Capella played 21 minutes, had six points and eight <laughs> rebounds, yeah, and game. really didn't do a whole lot. He didn't. And Brooke Lopez and Bobby Portis took it to the Hawks down low. Oh, my God, did they ever. Bobby Portis was playing out of his shorts, man. Uh, Brooke Lopez as well. Check this stat out right here. Brooke Lopez, his night for the Bucks. So the Bucks have been setting a lot of history as they've been marching through this playoffs right here. A lot of historic performances. Brooke Lopez last night, 33 points. His field goal percentage was 77.8%. He also had four blocks and two steals. He is the only NBA player to reach all of those numbers in a playoff game since blocks and steals became official stats in 1973 and 74. That's that's pretty crazy. Brooke Lopez, who, I don't know, how would you describe Brooke Lopez this uh, playoff so far? Non-existent? Like, not playing up to the standard that we knew of a splash Yeah, and at mountain. times, looking uninterested. Just... Le- yeah. Like, not living up to the standards of Splash Mountain. 
well, my God, last night, not only setting history, but also living up to and exceeding expectations. You know, when Giannis Adendokounmpo went down, we were wondering, like, who was going to take that spot and fill that void? Well, I jokingly said, what are we going to do, Bobby Portis? Well, Bobby Portis did fill that void as Mike Budenholzer, the head coach, loved his passion, loved his energy, and my God, did it pay off huge last night as Bobby Portis was just absolute money. 36 minutes from Portis, 22 points. He was crushing it, even hit a nice little three-pointer, had some sick dunks, some uh, energy, just pumping up the crowd. He was plus 14 on the court. Brooke Lopez, plus 17 on the court. Drew Holiday, he was absolutely dynamite, plus 8 on the court. Chris Middleton, uh, shooting 50% from a field goal range, 26 points. He was plus 16. And P.J. Tucker, he even had some timely shots. I know five points, but timely shots, energy in the defense. He was plus 14 on the court. Absolutely incredible. My only question was, why the hell were we seeing Jeff Teague so early in the game? I mean, he only got four minutes. <laughs> but in the second quarter, I'm like, why in the hell is Jeff Teague in this game? But yes, only four well, minutes for him. So obviously the Bucks were playing at roughly the same time that the Brewers were on for the most part. Yeah. And every time I swear you would look up, especially after watching the Milwaukee Brewers for a period of time, you'd look up and uh, Brooke Lopez would be dunking the basketball. Yeah, he's crushing. He I swear crushing. it was like every single time. It was awesome. Yeah, and uh, Brewers, yes, playing basically at the same time. They, were, they started about an hour and a half ahead because they started at 6.05. And the Brewers, <laughs> nine wins in a row, dude, for the Milwaukee Brewers now. Seven and two victors. Over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Corbin Burns out there dazzling on the mound per use. Keston Hira keeping it going. What he had RBIs from what? Omar Narvaez, Tyrone Taylor, Jace Peterson, Keston Hira. Uh, it was it was just another game for the Brewers. Just chalk it up. Another win. That was a complete game for the Milwaukee Brewers. They did everything well in that game. They pitched well. The bullpen came in. Granted, later in the game, but Devin Williams uh, pitched well. You then... Got some late run support so that you didn't even have to use Hater. And not only were they hitting the baseball, but they were situationally hitting the baseball really well. Using sacrifice flies, moving runners over, also getting the huge, you know, du- base clearing doubles or timely hits. That was a nice baseball game for the Milwaukee Brewers. Hell yeah, it was nine times. Bueller, nine times. The Brewers have now won uh, in a row. That's a season high. Milwaukee Brewers are 49-33, and 33, 16 games above 500. They are six and a half games above the Chicago Cubs, as the Cubs did not play last night. Uh, Cubs are starting up a series today with the Cincinnati Reds in Cincinnati. Brewers again going against the Pirates. First pitch, 6-0-5. Who's pitching tonight, Rowdy, uh, for the Brewers? I got to go look. Hauser. Oh, yeah, Adrian Hauser. Who carries a four and five record, a four point one six ERA. He's opposite of JT Brubaker, who is four and Brubaker's seven on the year. Brubaker's a pretty sneaky good uh, pitcher. No, is this Atlanta Hawks sneaky good? No, this is actually okay. Atlanta Hawks sneaky good like two years ago. Atlanta Hawks who were sneaky good, but then lost how many in a row? Like twenty. Like twenty plus. <laughs> Hauser has allowed a combined nine runs in his past two starts, while Brubaker has not surrendered more than three runs in five straight starts. Uh, Milwaukee Brewers last night, just just awesome. We say goodbye to Aaron Ashby, Rowdy. He, uh, after his Major League debut of giving up uh, seven runs, four of them earned, he is uh, sent back down to AAA Nashville, and Alec Bettinger has been recalled 
So uh, yeah, he uh, he got in the game last night too. Yeah. So there you go. There's uh, Ashby. We tip our hat. Say thank you for inspiring the Brewers to 15 runs on your debut, and we say hello again to Alec Bettinger, who was in last night. Yeah, and guess what? He got into the game last night in the ninth inning because the Brewers extended the lead, didn't need Hater anymore, mm-hmm. didn't give up a grand slam. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Absolutely incredible. Good on you, Bettinger. So there you go. Uh, a lot of stuff. Because <laughs> if you remember when he came in for uh, the first time this year for the Milwaukee Brewers, he gave up two grand slams. Yep, yep, yep. So in the same game. Baby, st- baby steps for Bettinger. There you go. Get that confidence back under him. Yes, Brewers 7-2 victory over the Pirates. Nine straight. Hottest team in baseball. Biggest lead in any division in the majors. Jace Peterson got the scoring going for the crew in the second. RBI triple followed up by Jackie Bradley Jr. to make it 2-0. Game was still a little tight, obviously, in the sixth inning. That's when Keston Hira and Daniel Robertson drove in runs to give that 4-1 to lead and then padded it further in the ninth with a run-scoring double from Omar Artifias and a two-run single from Tyrone Taylor. Yeah, that was the deepest Corbin Burns had went into a major league start. Seven and a third. Uh, how many pitches did he have last night? Uh, let's see. 94. 94. Now, the, Craig Council pulled him because it looked like his knee. So what, did he slip with his cleat? Corbin Burns like slipped on the mound. His cleat like didn't catch. Live live game, you couldn't even tell. Yeah, apparently there was an injury, but uh, he said afterward that his knee jammed up on him when his cleat slipped. But Corbin Burns said he's not going to miss a time. And in fact, I think he was arguing with counsel, right, Rowdy, to go back. Yeah, into the game. in the dugout, they were checking him out afterwards once they got him off the mound, and you could tell because they had the cameras on him all. He said, "I'm fine, counts." Yeah, let me in. Like, I'm good. And you, you could just see that council was like, well, we're sitting you down just for precaution. Yeah. And I think it was Adam McKelvey even said the same thing that uh, basically his cleat caught, jammed his knee a little bit. He thinks he's fine. He's not going to miss time. And it was just precautionary. I'm pretty sure uh, Craig Council saw shades of, well, not shades, but thinking of Giannis Denikumbo hyperextending his knee and like, all right, all right, Corbin, your knee got jammed up a little bit. Let's just. We don't need any more Wisconsin sports stars with a jammed up knee. How about you just sit down? You've done your job. Well done. You know, go go and relax. We got this from here. And my God, the Brewers would have it from there. As uh, Devin Williams came in for two-thirds of an inning, he was fine. 12 pitches, seven strikes. Then Benninger came in, as Rowdy said, did not give up a grand slam. But he did give up a run. run. As uh, the Brewers punched their ticket to nine in a row, 49-33 and 33 on the year. Absolutely incredible. A lot of stuff to talk about today, Rowdy. Uh, it's Friday. Happy Friday, by the way. We got uh, celebrating the greatest country on earth. You know, it's birthday coming up here on Sunday. We got the 4th of July. That's nice. We're obviously going to be off on Monday. So here's the thing. Bucks play Saturday down in Atlanta. Bucks in six is real. Bucks in six still is living. Bucks in six still is breathing. But here's the thing. I feel like this series has seven written all over it. Now, I'm not discounting and discrediting the Bucks Saturday night, but going down to Atlanta, I think, is a tough task, especially when you don't have Giannis to Dendekumbo. Now, speaking of Giannis, watching the game, he was there on the sidelines walking around. Um, he wasn't jumping around, but he was walking around, pumping up his team, being a, the awesome teammate that he is, You know, giving some inspiring speeches. Very good news and signs for me, obviously, for Giannis. Yeah, again, I think he plays in Game 7. Yeah, I think he'd play Game 7 will be Monday night on July 5th. 
but I, I don't foresee Giannis playing tomorrow night down well, in Atlanta. I feel like it's a free roll having him not play in Atlanta because it gives you an extra few days to get the knee healthy. Totally. It's a game the Bucks don't have to have. And what's the goal in a series for every single team? It's to protect the home court. Yep. Have him, give him a few extra days to get that knee ready. Have him back for game seven in Milwaukee. I feel like that's got to be the plan. Yep. And this hyperextended uh, knee for Giannis, no ligament damage. Everything's sound. Everything's safe. I think it's just what? Pain management, right, Rowdy? Pain management. How can you manage that pain? So if there is a game seven, I think Giannis, as you have said right when it happened, will be playing Monday night at the Pfizer Forum. Yeah, another Milwaukee injury that we didn't talk about. We talked about Burns. We talked about uh, Giannis. Colton Wong. Oh, God. Tight calf again. once again. Now they said they're back to square one. So you go in the IL. Probably going to have to have an IL still. Uh. That will be his third one this season. Again, Colton Wong has played really, really well for the Brewers when he's been on the field. Honestly, if he wouldn't have been injured or only maybe one IL stint and continue to do what he's done this year, he probably starting in the all-star game. But yes, most likely a third IL stint for Colton. So Wong. what he was, was he warming up yesterday? Uh, was he taking some like BP and he like, no, he played or what was that? What it was? And oh, when he was at his bat, right? That's what I was reading at his bat. And then he felt the tweak in his calf or something like that. So yeah, 10 day IL um, they're considering for Colton Wong. That's 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 kind of frustrating, man. But hey, the Brewers are still crushing it without him. But it is frustrating. Well, that's the thing. Now, Jace Peterson's going to become your second baseman. Obviously, Reese Rios is going to continue to play third. Jace mm-hmm. Peterson, a guy that's kind of been a journeyman, a quadruple A player. He just happens to be swinging the bat pretty well with some consistent playing time for the Brewers. So I saw Adam McKelvey. I think he's in his two-week period. Because remember when they had uh, Billy McKinney, who absolutely carried the team and was killing it for like two weeks? Yeah. And then Tyrone Taylor took over for like a solid week and was killing it from that, I guess, fifth outfield spot. (laughs) It looks like it's Jace Peterson's turn. Look at all the Brewers. He's been doing pretty good, though. The Brewers were carried by Travis Shaw for like three weeks. Yep. They were carried by Billy McKinney for like a week or two, carried by Tyrone Taylor for a week, and now you have a guy named Jace Peterson swinging the bat well the last week. He raised his batting average from below like 190 up to like 260 in the last week plus. Yeah, Jace Peterson is now batting 263. Um, It's been just next man up mentality for the Milwaukee Brewers. And then you look at the Milwaukee Bucks like last night, it's been next man up mentality for them as well as Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez really just have a game. Uh, here's what I was reading from Adam McKelvey. Colton Wong had to flinch on an inside pitch during one of his at-bats and then was seen chatting with the athletic trainer. Uh, and it was left calf tightness. And then I saw some guy tweeting at McKelvey saying how Colton Wong has missed 36% of the game so far. And Lorenzo Kane, who I completely <laughs> forgot was even on this team, has missed 62%. They Those two... Colton Wong and Lorenzo Cain make up 30% of the payroll. And this guy has said they are fragile. Uh, Adam McKelvey quoted that tweet and said, there's nothing in the career histories of Cain or Wong to suggest either player is fragile. That word gets thrown around so casually, and it's just not right. Well, I mean, look at uh, Colton Wong's numbers. Like, Lorenzo Cain has no numbers to stand on. He hasn't been there, and when he has been there, he hasn't been good. I think you can look at all the games that Lorenzo Cain has played, and you can say there's like one memorable game. Yeah, it was had, like it's the Cubs, like in the where first he had series. had all those home runs. Yeah, but I mean, Colton Wong's batting two ninety one this year, seven home runs, twenty RBIs, six stolen bases. I mean, the guy's scoring runs, getting on base, thirty runs. Yeah, 
doesn't even have 200 at bats. <laughs> when healthy, he's good. It's just the thing is, he needs to be healthy. And and we, I mean, obviously, we're just briefly talking about yeah, some of these well, recaps from got, the last couple of games. We got till ten, but it has to be mentioned in the first segment. Wow, Jackie Bradley Jr. Unreal, Rowdy. Is he is he finally like easing in and coming on? What's going on? Well, he's starting to swing the bat better over the past week. But that defensive, yeah, play how about he his made, fielding last night? Wow, that was. I think everyone was fooled, weren't they? Were they like? I thought it was in the, from how he was reacting. That was a home run. I thought it was gone, and I thought it was a two to two game. He deked like, the hell out of Beep. fans. Oof. And Stallings, the guy that was on first base, because if you watch the replay where they showed like the base running, he was probably a third of the way to third base when yeah. he realized that Jackie Bradley Jr. caught it. And not only did he catch the ball, you know he knew what he was doing because he uncorked one to first base and threw it on a, a, a pretty good line to first base right on the money. It's like a laser rally. And then he just had that little smirk like, yeah, I knew what I was doing. Jackie Bradley Jr. was, he's he's starting to tear it up. In fact, listen, here you go. He's looking for that ground ball double play Here's here. JBJ. And that ball is launched. Center field deep, and it is going to be caught by Bradley. Stallings rounded second. The throw comes in. Here are the tag. He's out. Oh, Jackie Bradley Jr. totally baited him into that. <laughs> Acted as if it was gone. He had me fooled for a minute as well. He did. Boy, what a deep job that was. Kind of reminds you of Lorenzo Cain, doesn't it? Some... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. It reminds me of Jackie Bradley Lorenzo Jr. Lorenzo Cain is a really good outfielder, and he deserved a golden glove not only once but twice, and it's a, sh- it's a shame he only has one. Yeah. Jackie Bradley Jr. is another clip above. Yeah, that was a crazy play. <laughs> Uh, name image likeness. It's uh, what over 24 hours since we've been living in the uh, new landscape of college sports of name image likeness. Graham Mertz, you called it, RJ. I, I'm surprised you didn't do it like the day. Yeah, I like, mean you had all these 12:01 yesterday. Right, you had like Bo Nix yesterday at 12:01 a.m. on 7:01 was pimping some drink called Milo's. Yeah. And um, Milo's. I mean, that guy's not even might not even be the starter this year. So, Come on, RJ, you know that these athletes are used to getting extended deadlines. That's true. That's that's very true. Um, <laughs> Graham Mertz debuted yesterday his brand new website where you can buy his gear. Uh, let's see here. What's going on, everybody? Graham Mertz here. I'm excited to announce I'm officially dropping my merchandise website, GrahamMertzShop.com. Uh, I'm going to put it in the in the caption under here. But we'd love for you guys to go check it out, buy some sweet gear, and uh, I appreciate the support. There's more to come. He looks like such a cheese ball in this video, too. Um, so there you go. I mean, name, image, likeness, grammar. It's very marketable for the Wisconsin Badgers. One of the you know, most recognizable guys in the Big Ten. A, he's a quarterback. Yeah. And B, a lot of hype. And C, he does have one really good game under his belt that he can hang his hat on. That's obviously against Illinois. Other than that, I mean, it's more of a prove it, I would had, say, for Graham He had two rushing touchdowns in the, uh, the bowl game. Yeah, I mean, he's not... He ain't no schlep. I mean, he had a shoulder injury and I'm obviously not fighting go COVID. And buy anything, sorry, Graham. Sorry, Graham. I also uh, will not buy anything. The only thing that looks like it's worth buying, the old school looking early '90s caricature T-shirt. Okay, those are cool, but I still won't buy. No, it. I'm not going to buy one of his. Yeah, sorry, like, Graham. Sorry, it's it's not happening. It is, it is cool though, but but that that'd be the only thing I see on that website where I'd be like, 
Yes. All right. Graham Merch's T-shirts are thirty dollars. If, if before twenty nine ninety nine before tax. If I had, if it was like one of those, like you have to go here and buy something or else you die. Oh my god, that's what I'd get. You can get a Graham Merch cartoon kids baby onesie. Stop it. You can put there your you little baby in a onesie with Graham Mertz. This is Graham Mertz and is like the caricature, like the 90s funny looking caricature of Graham Mertz. For possibly only one more year. For $24.99, <laughs> you also can get a, a hoodie uh, for kids. That's $45. Where's the adult hoodie? I'm sure that's probably like 60 bucks. Yeah, the cheapest one is the kids onesie for twenty four ninety nine. Everything else is a little more pricey. I don't think I'll fit into that. Where is the, the onesie or the kids hoodie? The... Uh, the onesie. Where in the hell is the adult hoodie? Anyways. You passed it. No, they're all kids ones. Anyways. Graham Mertz, his his website is up and live. You can go buy his his merchandise now. But here is something I wanted to talk about. Reggie Bush. He is on right now. um, And I think he has been for a long time. I'm trying to get his records back and his Heisman Trophy back. Because if you guys remember, Reggie Bush, he, he did it all on the field. He won it. He did it. And then the NCAA is like, oh, you got a lot of gifts and improper stuff and violations and cash. We're stripping you of everything and pretending like you never even played college football. I mean, his mom was given a house. Yeah, well, that's kind of cool. <laughs> he was given $300,000. Hey, hey, good on him, bro. Uh, Reggie Bush tweets out 18 hours ago a statement. says, my statement. Over the last few months, on multiple occasions, my team and I have reached out to both the NCAA and the Heisman Trust in regard to the reinstatement of my college records and the return of my Heisman. We left multiple messages for Michael Comerford, the president of the Heisman Trust, but instead received a call from Rob Whalen, the executive director, who stated that Mr. Comerford would not be calling us back and that in any event, they could not help us. We have reached out to the NCAA on multiple occasions and received no help or got no response at all. It is my strong belief that I won the Heisman Trophy solely due to my hard work and dedication on the football field, and it is also my firm belief that my records should be reinstated. Reggie Bush, you're 110% spot on. Reggie Bush, the fact that he got all this taken away, and now like all these kids can go out there and make money however they want on their name, image, likeness, and Reggie Bush can't even get a phone call back is absurd. Yeah, and Reggie Bush at USC obviously played on a really, really, really talented USC team Mm -hmm. and teams just in general. But Reggie Bush was the star of those teams. Like Matt Leinert was obviously in the Heisman consideration. You had Reggie Bush in the Heisman consideration. Lendell White was also right up there. They had so many big names. They had so many great players. Obviously, Pete Carroll was the head coach. But Reggie Bush was the guy that everyone wanted to be. Reggie Bush was front front and center on everything because he was so electric. Everyone wanted to be Reggie Bush. Everyone wanted to watch Reggie Bush. Just think of the amount of money that the NCAA and USC made from Reggie Bush, off of Reggie Bush, and he can't even get his Heisman Trophy back. Well, did you see the the tweet that I sent you that had the estimates about what Reggie Bush would have made with these new laws that are put in place? So there was a, a guy out there that was doing some estimates and a lot of the estimates out there with the new NIL rules with what the college kids can do as of July 1st, they believe that Reggie Bush would have been able to make between four to $6 million annually while he was at USC, <laughs> four to six mil annually at USC. He was there for three years and he took $300,000 under the table. And that's why when we were talking about this. <laughs> What? Earlier in the week. Well, that was just the cash. Like I said, his yeah. mom got a house. His... 
we were well, talking about. You could it buy his mom a house with that four to six million annually yeah. if he would have got it. Earlier in the week, we were talking about how there were guys like Tim Tebow and there were guys like Johnny Manziel that had phenomenal college careers, but kind of fell flat in the NFL and didn't necessarily make that same amount of money. Could you imagine? Those are two guys that are just going to, they were just like Reggie Bush in their peaks of college. Yeah. If all of those guys are making roughly $5 million annually, they never have to play a down no. in NFL. No. And there's $15 yeah. million so, in the bank. Speaking of Johnny Menzel, Johnny Menzel tweets out on June 30th before this name image likeness came to fruition on the, the first. Menzel says, give Reggie Bush his Heisman back while we're at it. Reggie Bush tweets out 18 hours ago besides a statement. Reggie Bush says, and I quote, I never cheated this game. That was what they wanted you to believe about me. End of tweet. Well, that's the other thing. Reggie Bush could have came to Wisconsin. Reggie Bush could have came, could have went to Minnesota. Reggie Bush could have went to USC like he did, or he could have went to Texas. He was going to be the most electric player in college football. You know what's yeah. crazy about all of it is Reggie Bush could have made four to six million dollars annually on these new NIL rules. He accepted three hundred thousand on the table, as RJ suggested. You know, his mom got a house as well. I think did he get did he get some rides too? Like some yeah, cars. cars. Well, he could have bought of all of that no problem with four to six million dollars annually. Uh, this also goes back to now the hypocrisy of it all. Like now you have all these players making money off their name, image, likeness. Reggie Bush had, I'm sure, getting three hundred thousand dollars didn't affect him rushing for yards on the field. So, so here's the problem though with giving him back his Heisman. You have to then go all the way back to SMU in the '80s and apologize to them for paying pretty much every player oh, on their the, roster. The death penalty. Well, death I think penalty. you can you can say that the NCAA is moving toward, like, in that direction because look at some of the big-time scandals that have been at some of these programs, and they don't give them the death penalty. Yeah, and that's because it was figured out we can't do this to a school to limit them because when you do that to the football team, it affects the entire athletic department. It's and now, so interesting. I mean, you're so maybe four, almost forty years later. Maybe it sounds like they should say, "Well, we, yeah. we were a little harsh." Yeah. Well, it's like freaking. Uh, especially they, they essentially have, but have done nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, they're not <laughs> saying it to SMU, but they've basically done it with their policies moving forward. You know what's right. crazy now? It's like when you look at Major League Baseball, who some teams are now uh, joining up with betting services. Yep. And then Pete Rose is left hanging in the wind. Like, what the hell? Let's go right. to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Uh, line two. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Steve, this is Steve. Good morning. Hey, Steve. What's up, man? Hey, um, do you think this name likeness, this stuff, it's not going to, for most 99.9%, it's not going to matter, is it? I mean, to your point, Steve, you'll have your big names that will make money and everyone else will like hope to hawk a couple shirts on a weekend. Yeah. Much ado about nothing. I don't, I don't know. Um, but um, I guess it, I guess it's you have some of the be. like uh, was it Spencer Rattler the was Oklahoma quarterback yep he teamed up with like a gigantic agent right now he's gonna make some coin you'll have a couple guys make big time money and everyone else will probably not make much yeah if they'll make at all. they'll make enough to go out uh, downtown to Wando's for a few drinks yeah <laughs> there you go yeah I don't think Graham Mertzley and pay the cost of his website uh, yeah I know that's like well you put a lot of money in this I hope you like somehow get into the black after you sell some merchandise yeah hey um. Reggie Bush should get special consideration because he survived being married to a Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't lying there, Steve. Uh, also, you know, this. what's really sucked is Pete Carroll's gotten off the hook. Um, yep. he, he's, he's had to pay no price, and he was a ringleader of that mess. So, um, 
And it's not just Pete Carroll. I mean, you go to like almost any kind of scandal like that, and the head coach is always involved, but they can get off scot free. Yeah, it's it's, oh. it's it just boggles the mind, Steve. We go to the phones. Our gambler to the stars, Dapper Dave, Dave Essler. Dave, I missed you, brother. Welcome back. It feels good. Yeah, it does. I, you know, I do. I do like my routine. I have to admit. Yeah, Dave, it's just, I just was, you know, I was in a tough spot last Friday. I woke up at 740 in like a cold sweat. And I'm like, I should be talking to Dave right now. Instead, I'm sleeping, you know, in my bed next to my wife. I'm like, where's Dave? Where's Dave? So we missed you, buddy. How you been? Get us caught up. Well, are, are, you looking, are you looking for brownie points with that wife comment? Uh, I plead the fifth on that one right there, Dave. I plead the fifth. I point taken. <laughs> so, Dave, I'm looking at uh, your website here, uh, pregame.com. My man, my man, Dave Esler is shooting 63% in the NBA playoffs. My God, did you get it last night with the Bucks? I hope? I did, and I actually went a little bigger on the over, which not many people, everybody figured with the stars out, we're going to see another 84 to 80 game. Um, but so I was good, but it's one day we're on to the next one. Well, Dave, I... we're, on to, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> All right, Bill. All right. So Dave, before, before we talk a little bit about uh, what's coming up here and on to the next one and not the Bengals, you know, let me ask you, brother, you gave us free advice on betting on the WNBA and my God, you cashed out. Dave, you literally do it all, my friend. I don't know. What did, did, did Nelson put that out there? I he mean, did. I texted, I texted him like, just do it. Dave, and, as, uh, at what, right when you texted him and he read it, he immediately put it out there in the ether. So I hopefully, beside you, I hope someone else did it and made some money off of it. So well done. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah, I was, I was all ready to give him crap for not doing it. And, you know, they win by 24. But He did it, know. Dave. But then, but then again, the show notes he sent me said we were talking about transgender Olympics today. I don't know. Do we have time for that? No, nah, we might say that for the end, Dave. But right now I think we're going to ask you about the NBA playoffs happening yeah, on Saturday. I, I wasn't sure if I should put out the WNBA. I was really questioning... But uh, we ended up doing it. Yeah. So there you go. We we put out the WNBA for you, Dave, and you got a winner, my friend. Well done. Well done. Cool. So, Dave, let me cool. ask you. Let me ask you. Uh, Bucks, Hawks. Obviously, Giannis Dendekubo going out with a hyperextended knee. It's that's tough. Do you think the Bucks can go down to the Atlanta and steal one, or what are you thinking as a uh, gambler, a Vegas eye on the game six Saturday in ATL? Yeah, you know, I was looking at that this morning. I think right now the the Hawks are minus one, and. You know, we don't know who is and who isn't playing. We right. sus- we suspect, but we don't really know. And, you know, the CNBA stuff happens 20 minutes before the game. But all things being equal, I would have to take your bucks, and I'll tell you why. <laughs> you know, it's it's almost deja vu. If, you know, just looking at the market, it's almost deja vu to last night. You know, the, the, the bucks opened up last night's game at some shops at minus four. And then it went almost immediately to minus one and a half. And everybody's thinking, well, Jonas is, isn't playing and then Young is. And then as the day went on, long before Young was announced out, uh, the Bucks went back to like minus three and a half. So, I mean, that, that took a lot of money. So it was like, to me, fairly obvious that the Bucks were going to win that game. And I, I look at this line and I almost see the whole deja vu thing. So, hmm. you know, if I'm betting it 24 hours early blindly, I, I think your Bucks have a good chance. Wow. Man, crazy with no Giannis. I, I don't, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, Dave, and get too excited. Uh, let me ask you to switch gears a little bit to uh, Major League Baseball. I know that you're always got this keen eye and betting on or against or whatever when it comes to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Hell, I saw you do it on your Twitter account a couple days ago with the Pirates. 
Uh, the Brewers right now, Dave, hottest team in baseball, going against the Pittsburgh Pirates. You see any value in any of the uh, these two games of the series coming up, or specifically tonight, Pirates uh, Brewers? Yeah, funny you should ask about that because I actually like the Pirates. I'm sorry, um, you know, I was kind of pissed at myself this morning because I, I last night I, I liked the Pirates run line, and I didn't take it. And the market is like all over the Pirates today, and, and I get it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, and and you know, your listeners can give their Las Vegas Aces money back if I'm wrong. I get it, but you know. <laughs> You know, I look at the game, and Hauser's like, I think he's in regression mode. He gave up nine runs in 11 innings to the Rockies. And his last seven starts, his whipped, which is walks and hits and innings pitched, is 1.55, which is, you know, a lot of people would get sent to AAA for that. And one of those games was against these Pirates, which the Brewers did win. But I love to go the other way in rematches. I think people make adjustments. And, yeah, I know they've won seven or eight straight, but I have to oh, ask my – Dave, it's nine. Come on, brother. It's nine. What? Okay, well, no, you know, I'm just, <laughs> just giving you crap. <laughs> I get it, I get it, you know. But, you know, uh, maybe because Brubaker at home has an ERA at 2.67. Uh, maybe it's because Brubaker had allowed only uh, no, more than three runs twice in 14 starts. You know, I don't know. And I asked myself last night, why are the Brewers only minus 150? Then I went to bed and said, well, let me sleep on it. And I wake up this morning and now the Brewers are minus one twenty. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a thirty-ish cent line yeah, so That's move a nice little shift to the Brewers with sixty-four uh, percent of the money on Milwaukee. So you know the sharp guys will be on Pittsburgh, and that's enough of a line movement for me to say, "Yeah, I'll do it." I mean, <laughs> All right. Do you, do you when, I at, when I was looking at that, twist my arm. Twist my arm. I had I had a I had a I had to preface it with, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's a, Dave, here's the thing. We never apologize on this show. Well, I take that back. I do one apology a month. Usually it's a sarcastic apology. So either we don't apologize or it's a sarcastic apology. So you don't have to say sorry here. We don't expect yeah. it. And we, don't, we, don't, you know, we, don't, we don't acknowledge your apology, okay? We don't acknowledge it. Done. It will never happen again. So thank you. So thank you. I didn't want to stay up. I didn't want to stay up tossing and turning tonight thinking about you and apologizing. We don't allow apologies here. Uh, Dave, let me ask you, brother, before I you know get you up in your golf game and see if you're firing your caddy or not. Any other bets out there that you're looking at tonight that you're like, this is a good one? Yeah, a tough one. And I'm gonna I'm gonna stay in the NL Central because it makes more sense to you guys. And I know that this is going to be a really hard bet for a lot of Wisconsin people. Mm. Uh, but I, the Cubs run line, I oh. think. I'm sorry, you know. Again, no, no, Dave, no sorries. No, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sorry I'm betting it. If, you know, you guys want to follow, that's fine. But, you know, M- Mills has four starts, and in those four, the Cubs have either won or not ever lost by more than a run. Rizzo might be back. Gray hasn't pitched in almost a month. You know, we know how good the Reds' pen isn't. Um, there's really no reason not to. I-, I think the Cubs not being at home is actually a plus, given the recent drama with their, you know, the Twitter Twitter blow up of of, of blow them up, um, which I I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with, but you know I think not playing at home might help them to you know they get away from it a gotcha. little bit. Well, thank you, Dave. Dave Essler joining us right now. Hey, Dave, before I let you go, we uh, recommend everyone follows along in your Twitter account at Dave underscore Essler E S S L E R. I was chuckling at your tweet, and I know you like to golf on Fridays. Are you more of a Brooks Kepka where you appreciate your caddy, or are you more of a Bryson DeChambeau where you crapple over your caddy and he quits out of nowhere mid-round? I love my caddy. And I assume your caddy is you. 
Austin. Yeah, the off on switch. Yeah. Uh, I got, I got that. And it does what I tell it to every single time. Well, I think sometimes you uh, might fire your your own caddy, Dave, but you can't really fire yourself because you keep coming back for the golf, right? I know. No, I, I, I'm a Brooks guy. I, 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 I was before all this stuff went down. Yeah, that's that's well, the. I, I don't know that I love. I, I think it's, I'm just more anti Bryson, so I would probably be. I get Ty Bryson, no matter who the feud was with. The rivalry is just hilarious right now. Yeah, uh, I, I'm controlling. looking for that the match that they're going to play this week. You know, Bryson's going to get all psyched about 500 yard drives, but he's what 7,500 feet in the air out there. <laughs> so uh, you know, I, I I am definitely rooting for I am definitely rooting for him to make some errant shots. Hey, Dave, always a pleasure to have you. Like I said, we missed you last Friday, man. And uh, let me ask, do you get big plans for the 4th of July? Celebrate the greatest country to ever, uh, you know, be on this fine earth? What are you, what are you doing? You know, I may play in the golf tournament, and, you know, that actually probably depends more on my wife than me. <laughs> hey, I feel it right there, brother. I feel you right yeah, there. Yeah. Hey, yeah, Dave, yeah. have a great weekend and have a happy 4th, my friend. Uh, you guys too as well. Stay safe. I'll talk to you next week. All right, see you, buddy. There he is, Dave Essler, Dapper Dave, the gambler to the stars. Dave underscore Essler on Twitter. Nice to have him, Rowdy. My man's got jokes. My man's got jokes, and you got to love him for it. Let's go, Bucks and Six. Yeah, baby. See you, Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, if you want to be a little bitch, you can be a little bitch. You can do that. That's fine. That's your right. But also, we're going to call you out for it. All right, Rowdy. The Milwaukee Bucks. Mitch just said Bucks in six. My question for you is, do you think it's going to go Bucks in six? Our guy Dave Essler, who was just on a little bit ago, he was saying that he likes the gambler's eye of betting on the Milwaukee Bucks and that they could go down the ATL and do it. I feel like it's going to be at seven because I feel like it's scripted that way. But do we really see a, a Bucks team going down to Atlanta without Giannis Adenokounmpo? And uh, punching their ticket to the NBA Finals. So I didn't think Giannis was going to play last night. I don't think really anyone thought he was actually going to play last night. I did think Trey Young was going to play last night. I was actually surprised that Trey Young didn't play last night. His ankles. And now going into game six, obviously Bucks up three to two, had a big emotional winning in game five. Hawks are now favored anywhere between one, one and a half. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like that's that's a line saying that Trey Young's not playing. I agreed. I, I would have thought he would be back already with with a the bone bruise. Yeah, it it looked like a sprained ankle, but then it came back as a bone bruise. Very very bizarre. I, it's it's strange. Him and he was even moving around better. I thought on the sideline the last couple games than Giannis. And Giannis is moving around after a hyperextended knee walking around. Yeah, Giannis looked pretty good on the sidelines, hyping everyone up. Again, I'll be surprised. I'll be surprised if Trey Young doesn't play, especially in Game Six. Well, it's an elimination. It's an elimination game in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah, you're the best player. You are the franchise player. You are the face of the franchise. I, man, I. I it's, think I see Atlanta winning this game and going seven. I don't think I see Giannis playing again just because they're going they're playing with house money. If they lose, they still have game seven in their back pocket. Yeah. In the Pfizer of in Milwaukee. And it just gives them an additional what? Three days for Giannis to heal up that he'll heal up that knee. Mm-hmm. It's listen, I think I'm thinking it's going seven. I'm I not, think it's I, going seven too. I'm not counting out the Bucks tomorrow night, but Hawks are a good team. There's a reason why they're in the East Conference Finals. I do think Trey Young 
maybe gets a little tore all in his system and goes play. Who knows? Well, now if the if the Bucks come out and play with the energy that they played with in the Pfizer Forum, okay, I think the Bucks can do it in six. But it's going to be harder to find that energy when you're in Atlanta with those well, fans. And we saw what happened when the Bucks went, last went to Atlanta before Giannis even got hurt. They were the the home crowd for the Hawks was just completely in the Bucks' head. They had no energy, and uh, they wanted. You know, despite not having Trey Young, yeah, Atlanta was knucking and bucking. They were they they were, were ready, ready to fight, to knucking and bucking and ready to fight. <laughs> I still am beside myself that they were the halftime performance. Yeah, crime mob, knuck if you That's buck, so Rowdy. Hilarious. The two thousand and the two thousand and four hit. The two thousand and four one hit wonder, crime mob with knuck if you buck, boy, knuck if you buck. That's so hilarious. That song was the song was bad then, is bad now. Uh, and I and I I had it burned on a bunch of my CDs, Rowdy. Like I had that. I downloaded it off a of Napster. I had it burned on some CDs. All right, uh, real huge big night from Brooke Lopez and the Energy Man Bobby Portis last night. Let's hear from Mike Budenholzer on the big night from Lopez. Here you go. Here's the head coach. There was great opportunity for him to you know I think just get the ball a little bit more, try and use him a little bit more, and he came through big time. You know, there's a couple you know where he just you know he made plays, but he, he did it he did it in a lot of different ways. He did it in pick and roll, he did it on the offensive glass. You know, got to the free throw line. Just an overall you know really really impressive effort. Brooke Lopez set history last night. Well, he looked like he was interested in the game. He looked like he was those, pumped up and ready to go. Because how many times? That one lob from uh, Drew Holiday to Brooke Lopez, we just hammered it down. <laughs> how many times in the first four games did he just look like he was a step slow? Yeah, I just. How many times time. did it look like he just didn't care to be out there? Yeah, like every time. Or like he was just going through, through the, the motions. Motion. Yeah. That was like him almost every single game in the series until last night. Brooke Lopez, 33 points, shot 77.8% from field goal, four blocks, two steals. He's the only player in NBA history to reach all those numbers since blocks and steals became an official stat in 1973-74 season. Brooke, mother effing Lopez. And every time you looked up, it looked like he was dunking a basketball. Splash Mountain. Yeah, he was sick. He was... Bobby Portis was wild now, too. It was awesome to see. Here's Coach Budenholzer on Bobby Portis. Yeah, it's a great credit to him. The maturity, um, you know, just and there's a mental toughness that when, you know, you're not getting to play and you want to be out there, you want to help your team to stay ready, to understand every series is a little bit different. Um, you know, his energy and him, you know, whether he's playing or in the game, not playing or he's in the game, he's, he's still got, you know, great energy and, um, he's there for us. How about Bobby Portis, like not playing at all against the Brooklyn Nets? Like everyone wondering where the hell he is to him last night being the star of the show outside of Brooke Lopez. Yeah, it's crazy, right? It's was, crazy that he hardly got any minutes against the Brooklyn Nets. And then look at him now. He bought the it was the Bobby Portis Brooke Lopez game, and we all thought it'd be. I mean, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday had were good, but Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez were great. Well, I think. What we've been saying the whole year and what I think was John Horsch's idea with what he did by shortening the bench, shortening the 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 depth on the Milwaukee Bucks roster and upgrading the starting positions mm-hmm. and then bringing in the P.J. Tuckers during the season and the Bobby Portises in the offseason, the two big guys that were going to be energy guys, bringing back uh, Pat Connaughton, who... Obviously, yeah, he's a bench player. He's a guy you don't want playing all the time, but he does bring some energy. A lot of effort, a lot of energy. Bringing in those guys that are going to give effort night in and night out and bring energy, 
it's paying off. Yeah. And, and it's that. paid off once Giannis went down when they really, really needed that. All right, 608-321-1670 is the phone number. I'll get to uh, who's on line one in one second. But real quick, Mike Budenholzer on Energy Rowdy, on the passion. He says Bobby Portis brings it all. This plays with great passion. You know, I think his passion is infectious. Um, his teammates love him. You know, the fans love him. He brings that passion for the for the game, for life. He's fun to be around. Uh, I think you know the crowd can feel that. His teammates can feel that. Coaches can feel it. Um, he works. He's a worker too. You know, so I think it's a little bit of everything. But passion to me is is the thing he brings to the, to the game. Bobby Portis. I loved how on the the broadcast, even Reggie Miller was calling him crazy eyes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> It's like Bobby Portis looks at you. He tells you get inspired and pumped up. You're going to get inspired and pumped up. You're going to say no to that guy? Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who's this? Nope. Couldn't hang on. Test, test. Patience is a virtue, my friend. You know how they always talk about killer instincts? And you want those, you know, some of those uh, dogs on your team? Bobby Portis is one of them. And he's got killer instincts. Hell yeah, he does. Uh, Dude, when he threw down that one dunk in the first quarter, oh, I was like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. Bobby Portis. Is Bobby awesome. Portis is a guy you want in your foxhole. He's a guy you want in the trenches with you. Because he's a guy you want on your six, Rowdy. You know he's always going to be there for you, and he's he's going to bring it. He, totally. Uh, here is more from Coach Budenholzer about Bobby Portis being ready like he was last night, despite barely playing at all the last series against the Nets. Yeah, it's a great credit to him. The maturity. Um, you know, just, and there's a mental toughness that when, you know, you're not getting to play and you want to be out there, you want to help your team to stay ready, to understand every series is a little bit different. Um, you know, his energy and him, you know, whether he's playing or in the game, not playing or he's in the game, he's, he's still got, you know, great energy and, um, he's there for us. Bobby Portis was electric last night. Bobby Portis made the Milwaukee Bucks go. So did Brooke Lopez. And that's not to discredit the game that Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton had either because they were solid. Well, too. they had to be constant. You expect those two to be constant because being the second and third best player when the when the top player goes down, you're expected to raise your game into the ones and the twos. And you're just hoping that you can find some energy somewhere else. Well, Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez supplied that. Totally. Uh, speaking of energy, I know he wasn't playing because of his hyperextended knee, but Giannis Dendekumbo was up and about walking around on the sidelines, pumping up his team, giving him some impassionate speeches, obviously. It gave me a good sign that Giannis, I don't think he's going to play Saturday, possibly Monday if there is a Game 7. But head coach Mike Budenholzer talks about what kind of lift the Greek freak gives them being on the sidelines. You know, several times just noticing that, you know, the communication, the trying to find a way to help the team any way he can, you know, even when, um, you know, he's not able to dress and play. And I just, I saw a guy that was, you know, locked in and trying to, to talk to his teammates and be there with them. And, um, and that's what we need from everybody. All hands on deck, right? Yeah. And on a little bit of a lighter note, I mean, Thanasis was the Antetokounmpo that was able to play and he actually led the Bucks in a category. What was that? Fouls per minute. That a boy, Thanasis! Average one foul per minute. That a boy. You need that spark up. Hey, that's using them. That is using them. You get six in the NBA. (laughs) You do. Played three minutes and he got three. Well done, Thanasis. Oh, he had one steal as well. He also had one steal. So there you go. Uh, (laughs) Thanasis, the man. I swear, when Giannis hyperx into that knee, Thanasis was more concerned than Giannis was. Thanasis is like, dude, come on, Giannis. I know you're my brother, but my next contract really depends on you. Please, God, be okay. So game six, Bucks and six, it's a living, breathing entity. It was a prophecy once put out there by Brandon Jennings for the culture. It could happen on Saturday. I hope it happens. 
Now, I'm expecting a Game 7, but I hope it happens. But if there is a Game 7, Rowdy, that is uh, going to be Monday night. I feel like I almost kind of... Obviously, I want the Bucks to win, but I kind of want to see a Game 7 in the Eastern Conference Finals. With Giannis coming back? Well, with Giannis coming back, Maybe. and that Deer District would be hyped. Oh, my God. Even for a Monday night. Too bad it couldn't, unfortunately, be like a Saturday night. Because that would be unreal. Yeah, but I don't think it would. I don't think it matters yeah, what Monday, Dan does anymore, especially in the summer. And when you're on the precipice of going to the NBA Finals in a Game Seven, I don't think the day of the week matters anymore. That place looks lit. Like that's where the Liddy Committee meets. Rowdy is at the Deer District. Before I welcome in our guests, I just want to play this right here. All right, want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Let's get nuts, Andrew Wagner. What's up, baby? Not much. First of all, I actually read that grilling article like an hour before this segment, and I have been seething ever since. <laughs> like, you know, you know, and I didn't even look at the guy's bio until after I put, you know, this clown lives in like a $2,500 a month Manhattan studio apartment that's smaller than my bathroom. Yes. Has never touched a grill in his life. Yes. You and he's sitting correct. out here like, oh, and listen, I'm a guy who likes to eat a lot of vegetables, but I guarantee you the, the soy flows through this guy's veins. Like, I, he's probably got labias growing out of his, like, ball sack oh, right yeah. now, dude. Come on. It's, this guy is... This guy's on my ass Standing right over now. a grill with an ill-fitting 25-year-old sports t-shirt, grease-stained pants, flip-flops, uh, 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 old hat, and apron, tongs in one hand. Bottle of Miller High Life in the other, mm. and grit hanging out of your mouth while you're flipping them. Oh, that's, that's life. That's, that's the dream. That's summer. That's the American dream right there, baby. That's it. Oof. And yeah, I'm gr- I'm grilling a pork shoulder steak right now for <laughs> breakfast because <laughs> I can. Because I can and I will. Yeah, baby. Well, he he he's on my crap list this morning. And then one of your callers, I think it was uh, Polly. Yeah, Polly. Who like, first of all. The digital exam, been there, my friend, and I was going to commiserate with him, but he completely stole my Paul Pierre Day joke, and I'm angry about it. <laughs> oh, so when the doctor says, "Do you want a digital exam?" He's not talking like, like, like. Yep. He's talking yep. his finger, not like digital, like on the screen. Yep. Says, uh, "Okay, go on to the doctor." He's like, "Oh, hey, you know, you know, 43rd birthday, want to get a checkup for the first time in forever." He's like, uh, "Been a while since you've been here." Yeah. He's like. Oh, well, got a present for you. Got to give you a test. Oh, welcome to adulthood. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, all right. I didn't know we were that close. Chevy Chase, Chase, you got the whole piss there, Doc? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Andrew, let me ask you about this, man. Uh, Instead of, you know, grilling out in uh, prostate exams, how about our Milwaukee Brewers? Oh, my God. How? Let me ask you a question. How in the hell are the Brewers the best of any team right now in the majors, the biggest lead in any division? Uh, what are they, six games above 500, nine games they've won in a row, 16 games above 500, nine games in a row. How are they doing it when they have absolutely no all-stars in the field? I, I know that this is going to – I wish you could, like, live stream this on Twitch because I know Rowdy is going to, like, roll his eyes and slam the table. But I think it's time that we have to accept that David Stearns knows what he's doing. Well, I think Rowdy's like, a David Stearns guy. Well, I thought he was. I thought he was like kind of complaining about like the Rowdy? middle of the pack guys. His mic is on, Rowdy. Yeah, actually, I was happy with what he did this off season. Okay. I thought off okay. last off season was pretty brutal. Yeah, but it it was the same the same plan. Like it, it finally makes sense to me. You know what? It, 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 it's 
and you guys kind of covered some of the reasons for this earlier. You were, you were talking about the Cardinals and how they are just riddled with injuries. And what don't they have right now? Depth. Yeah. That's how the Brewers are in first place, because they have depth. They might not have the best lineup, one through nine, on the field on paper for a season, but they have the ability to put the better team on the field every single day. And when you can't go out and spend unlimited sums on, on, on you know, big-name guys, that's how you have to do it. Of course, it doesn't hurt that you've got three of the best pitchers in the National League anchoring your rotation yeah. and the best closer in baseball at the back end of the bullpen. You know, Obviously, that is a huge part of it, but you look at all the guys that have gone down this year and all the guys that have struggled, they've had guys stepping up. And I think that is what Stearns is trying to do, to make sure that they can have maybe not the best team, but they can have the better team each day over the course of 162. And then, you know, you throw your, your, your chips in the middle of the table come the postseason. And listen, we know in the postseason, it's not the Yelichs, it's not the Aaron Judges, it's not the Mike Trout. Mike now Trout never goes to the playoffs. It's pitching. And the Brewers have the biggest weapon you can have getting in the playoffs right now. I mean, can you imagine going to the, uh, a, a three-game series in the uh, NLDS and you're throwing out Woodruff, you're throwing out Burns, and you're throwing out Peralta? I mean, you're good to go. Man. Even if you've got to play the wild card game, I mean, you still have options in there. So I, I, I think this is just a matter of it's going the way David Stearns kind of designed things to go. You're, you've got great pitching. You've got the right mix of players to cover you on a daily basis, uh, and, and you're just letting the chips fall as they may. And it, it doesn't hurt that the rest of the division is kind of stinking it up right now. Yeah, it's absolutely incredible what's going on. Andrew Wagner joining us right now. Check out his work at Forbes.com. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at by Andrew Wagner. So, Drew, let me ask you, brother. Uh, you know, the addition of Willie Adamas is well documented to be the spark of the Milwaukee Brewers on that offense. But what about the return of Keston Hira? Has he figured it out? I know it's a small sample size up and down from the minors, but is Kest Daddy finally, finally getting to that form that we saw his rookie year? And maybe. I mean, very well, maybe. He looks like it. He's looking like he did in the beginning. Uh, sometimes it just takes a little bit of an extended break, and sometimes it takes two of them. And he could go into slump again before the end of the year, but you look at the way that he's performing right now, and that's kind of what you expect out of him. Not so much the results, but the approach and what he is swinging at, what he isn't swinging at. He's still going to strike out a lot because that's just what he does, and he's also a young player. But he's, he's swinging at good pitches. He's driving balls. He's making good decisions out there. It's what you need out of him. Totally. Um, Andrew, let me ask you, brother. Jackie Bradley Jr., is he finally coming into his own, too? Because, my God, that defensive play last in Elfield was incredible, and his stick oh, was getting hot a little better lately. I mean, that was that was that, that should be illegal. I mean, that was just straight <laughs> tomfoolery, man. That was that was cruel. He's you know he's been a good defender the whole time, and I, I think we need to give him credit for that because that gets lost uh, in just how miserable he's been at the plate. They also weren't expecting him to play as much as he has. Listen, it's been a hard situation for him. I don't ever want to make excuses for a major league player. You know, you're, you're getting paid a lot of money to do a job. I know it ain't easy, but there are expectations. He stunk this year, and he's the first one to admit it. Um, you think you're seeing signs of, of him snapping out of it, and that's encouraging. You're seeing good at bats. He has had bad luck, and I know people look at that as an excuse, but 
there are numbers to back that up. Yeah. I mean, you look at his, you know, batting average on balls in play, it's just abhorrent. You look at his spray charts, like, he is literally hitting them where they are instead of hitting them where they ain't. Um, <laughs> it, it does even out in the end of the season. But listen, here's the thing. If he's batting 150, 160, sub 200 going into September, uh, and then he comes up with three or four game-winning hits or clutch hits or clutch RBIs, uh, you know that, that kind of clinch you a playoff spot at some point over that final month. Are you really going to care how he was doing in April, May, and June? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, um, it, it's there's a reason there's 162 games. You know, it, it, you want more out of him. You're paying him a good deal of money. But listen, it, it's a tough situation You're coming in with a short camp, adjusting to new pitchers, adjusting to a new league, adjusting to new settings. Like it ain't easy. Yeah, uh, something that seems uh, relatively easy. Uh, I want to recap it. Uh, you know, not against the Pirates, but before that, my God, the Brewers sweep the Chicago Cubs warms my heart. But Andrew, that third game of that series, have you? I mean, I already think I know the answer, but have you ever seen anything remotely close to the Brewers I've never losing? Seen anything like I've seen the last those last three days? That's I mean, crazy. go back to Game One. You, you, you're look. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, my God, we're never going to get the hell out of here, you know? Or it's four four game going into the ninth. You know, this is going to be just a gruel. And then next thing you know, Eric Sogard's warming. Eric Sogard was the Cubs' most effective reliever this week. <laughs> Eric Sogard. Here, here's everything you need to know about this series. Eric Sogard pitched twice for the Cubs. Craig Kimbrell did not pitch at all. <laughs> That's just, it's just those the, games the weird hilarious. thing is, and, and, and this is this, this time I'm not throwing Rowdy under the bus unintentionally. You know, we were talking about the trade deadline last time we were on, and both of you guys were like, you know, I hope they go out and like do something other than a bullpen piece. Well, first of all, they probably already made their big splash in getting Willie Adamas. Like, you won't find anyone that's going to make more of an impact than, than Adamas has, first mm-hmm. and foremost. Second, who's their closest competition in the division right now? I mean, the, the Cubs, I guess? It's still the Cubs. Yeah. Now, if they just knock the Cubs around, the, the Cubs are going, their pitching staff is struggling, and they're going into Cincinnati. So they could easily drop two out of three down there mm. to a Reds team that's got some decent pitching. They could be out of it in the next couple of weeks. And if they are, what were we all talking about the last couple months going into the season, how the Cubs have all these stars? They're going to have to start dealing them. The Brewers might not have to go out and make a big splash because the rest of the division could make the decision for them. If the Cubs start selling off and go into a mini rebuild, uh, the Cardinals, are they going to have – they have so many needs, where do you even start? You know, the Brewers aren't really going to have to make a big splash at the deadline if things are going the way they are. And by getting Adamus, they got that big impact piece. That, that's a trade deadline kind of deal. Like Those are the guys that you look at and say – man, this is what we really need to get us over the hump of the second half. And the Brewers went out and got it. Crazy. Well, Andrew, before I let you go, man, and uh, ask you, you know, what you got coming up on the weekend besides you know, those tongs, those greasy tongs, that, you know, that stained apron, beer in your hand, Miller High Life, flipping that pork shoulder of yours. Do uh, you think the Brewers are going to get an all-star in on the field, or is this going to be pitchers? Oh, I think they, they're absolutely. I think, I think Omar Naviles, because guys always drop out. I think Omar Naviles, Omar might even be one of those like final vote guys if they still have that competition. You know, I would, or Willie Adamas. I mean, they could, Willie Adamas could be a final vote candidate. Yeah. You know, they always, and the Brewers have had really good luck with that in the past. But, you know, Navarez could get added in, or Navarez, excuse me. 
I mean, you know, the hard part is, is it going to be are the Brewers going to get someone in? Which pitcher are they going to get in? Because they're not going to get – I mean, they could have four. They should have four. You know, all three of those starters yeah. and Josh are deserving. I think one, maybe two is going to get it. Andrew, and right before I let you go, Milwaukee Bucks, what do you think? Six games, seven games, going to the NBA Finals, yay or nay? All depends on what the NBA script writers have in store. I, I try not to guess anymore. Yeah. I hope it's not shades of, uh, you know, 2000, 2001, you know, when they get 76 <laughs> If Holiday goes out there or Middleton goes out there and misses a 13-foot jumper from the baseline, then you know the, the fix is in. <laughs> hey, Andrew, have fun this weekend celebrating the 4th. Enjoy the Champagne of Beers Miller High Life. In fact, I stocked on High Life uh, last night at Woodman's in preparation for my weekend. Great minds drink alike. Happy 4th of July, Bot- my friend. A bottle of High Life at the grill. That's the way it should be. Oh. You too, my friend. Adios. We love you around here. See you, buddy. There he is, Andrew Wagner, Forms.com. Follow him on Twitter. Bye, Andrew Wagner. Devontae Adams apparently in talks with the Green Bay Packers to make a massive contract extension that will likely be the highest paid wide receiver in the league at some point. So we'll see what happens. Already getting calls about it. We go to the line one, Jared. What's up, Jared? Not too much. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Happy Friday. Happy early 4th. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I want to talk about that contract. Please. Um, Did you see what he commented underneath that report? Uh, Do tell. Yeah, he left a comment. I don't know if it was this morning or last night, but he commented an emoji of a cap, which I'm sure that you know no means li- that it's a lie. Yeah. So I saw that this morning. I don't know what the deal is with that, but I don't know if you want to take a look at it. Oh, yeah. It's on his Twitter account? Yeah, I saw – I don't know. I think it was on Instagram. Oh, Insta? Um, okay, I'll go look, man. I'll, I'll search for it right now. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously I hope that he signs the deal, but I don't know what the deal is with the report and then him commenting that. So I thought that was interesting. I just wanted to. Yeah. Thanks for the, thanks for the heads up, my man. If that is true, as I'm searching right now, uh, Jared, what, Oh my God, you're right. Let's see. Uh, see Yeah, there it is. So yeah, yeah. Tay Adams, Instagram, it says it's a bleacher report or ESPN. Devonte Adams is expected to discuss massive deal with the Packers, making the highest, blah, blah, blah. Tay Adams own Instagram account with a blue cap, which means a lie. Yeah, I, I have no idea what's going on, man. It's just been a mess this whole offseason. So hopefully they figure it out, but wow. I just want to share that with you guys. That, well, thank you so much for putting me onto that. I did not see that. Uh, what, yeah. What's the what's in your opinion, Jared? What's the vibe in the and the, of the Green Bay Packers right now? My God. Oh my! I have no idea, man. <laughs> I mean, everything just falls on Rodgers. So I mean, if he comes back, then obviously, I mean, I don't know why he wouldn't want to come back. But also, he said he wanted to play with Derek Carr, which is. A complete head scratcher. Right, Derek, he's a bomb. So, <laughs> hey, they're former <laughs> former teammates, you know, in college at Fresno. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if he wants to go there, all the power to him. I think it's a bad move, but if Aaron comes back, I think that he'll come back. So it all falls on his shoulders. So yeah. let's hope he comes back. Hey, Jared, thanks for the heads up, man. Have a great weekend, a great Fourth of July. Don't blow off any fingers, okay? <laughs> yeah, you too, my man. <laughs> See, See you later. There he is. Okay, so yeah, I, I totally learned something today. So if. Listen, there's there's emoji speak now. You know, it's like uh, we're trying to still decipher the hieroglyphs from, uh, you know, the ancient Egyptians. People are still trying to figure those out. Well, years down the road, if there is still a thing called the Internet when the world goes to hell, if they can decipher emojis and what they mean, I will put you on to something, Rowdy. If you do see a blue cap, like a, a hat emoji, it means lie. Didn't cap. know that. So if you see a... I've seen them, but I, I don't really use a ton of emojis. I don't think you don't I strike st- me as an emoji guy. I don't think guy. I strike many people as a huge emoji guy. No. 
Uh, the only emoji I feel like you would use would be the middle finger one. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, if you do see a blue cap, that means something is a lie. So Devontae Adams, thanks to Jared, and that I did not see this till right now, so thanks again, my man. Uh, Devontae Adams is expected to discuss massive deal with the Packers to make him the league's highest-paid wide receiver. That's uh, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler reporting that. And Devontae Adams on Twitter, or I'm sorry, on Instagram, was Stefan Diggs first responds with emojis, two fighter emojis, saying like, like, hell yeah. Tay Adams does the blue cap, which means that is a lie. Huh. What the hell is going on in Green Bay? And what the, what the, I don't. I don't get it, dude. I don't understand what's going on. Well, okay. Think here's, about here, real this, quick, though. Here's the report. Here, I'll read you the report, then you then you do your uh, comment here. Uh, so Adams obviously entering the final season of his four-year deal. The, the report is, quote, Devontae Adams and the Packers are expected to try to come to an agreement on a massive contract extension. He will likely be the highest-paid receiver in the league at some point. Most evaluations I talk to believe he is the very best at the position right now. So he's a priority for the Packers, whether Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback or Jordan Love. The problem is Rodgers' contract has been an albatross for that team. It's hindered them for doing some other contracts and things they want to do with the team rebuilding standpoint, so they got to shake that out first. They're willing to give Rodgers probably whatever he wants right now and report. So they kind of take that, do a little graphic, put Devontae's face on it, say he's going to be the highest-paid wide receiver soon, and Devontae Adams proclaims through emoji that that's a lie. All right, were you going to say, Rowdy? I'm well, sorry. we were talking about Rodgers and Adams and Derek Carr yesterday, and you were talk. You asked me, is if do you think that Devontae Adams would sign with the Packers, and do you think the Packers would give him a ton of money if Aaron Rodgers is moving on? And I said I don't necessarily think that they would back up the Brinks truck because why would you back up the Brinks truck for your your second best player, but not bend over backwards for your best player right. in Aaron Rodgers? So I didn't think that would be the case. Well, now with this report. Whether it's true or not, obviously he uses his little emoji thing. I mean, it could be true. I mean, who knows anymore? Do you want the Packers to give him the biggest, most lucrative deal in the NFL at the wide receiver position? Because I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know if I'm interested in that if I'm the Green Bay Packers with Devontae Adams. Yeah, he's arguably the, the best wide receiver in the game right now. But guess what? It's a game that is a young man's game. Yeah, Devontae what, Adams turns 29 this season. We know that wide receivers start to fall off, start to peak once they hit 30. A lot of times that once they uh, turn 30, it's all downhill from there. Would I be into signing a, an extension with Devontae Adams? Yeah, for sure. A, a nice, a nice heavy loaded up. But not the highest paid wide receiver in the league? Yeah, a nice front loaded, heavy, big time uh, contract, maybe for like three years, maybe four years. But the most, the biggest deal in the NFL, and I'm, you'd have to admit for the biggest deal in the NFL, you're going to think it's going to be for a number of years too. Oh yeah, of course. Do you really want to be tied to a wide receiver making that much money post 30? He's only got technically before he hits those things, one and a half seasons. So let's say Rodgers doesn't come back. They do get back up the Brinks truck, give him the highest paid contract as a wide receiver. You're tied to him for, you know, beyond the wrong side of 30. And you got a guy that you don't know what you have in Jordan Love. If you have a wide receiver that you're making and paying all kinds of money and you don't have a quarterback that can hit him, what's the point of paying your wide receiver all that money? Is that what you're kind of getting at too? Not necessarily. Like there's, because, that's, a, that's a layer to the onion. Because having Devontae Adams is only going to make Jordan Love better. Like we yep, talked about how Aaron Rodgers makes the receivers. Well, that was true, especially when he was working with, you know, the Jared Aberderis's, Jeff Janis's, like those type of receivers. Mm -hmm. You can also say that 
even if you have a receiver that's potentially not as accurate because we know that Jordan Love has struggled with accuracy and decision making, yeah. especially in his his fourth year at Utah State under Gary Anderson. <laughs> Obviously, I hate I had, the way I was got to bring up Gary well, Anderson. I have to throw it in there because yeah. it's definitely like a, if a Gary footnote. Anderson bum. Air, uh, like Devontae Adams is going to make Jordan Love more accurate just because yeah, I mean, he can catch he's good, the ball he's good. He, and he's got a... Okay, so a, would you rather give him a giant contract or then not and then you all of a sudden have a collection of guys that are maybe threes and fours and you pray that maybe someone from the draft works out or you can go and land someone that can gel in Green Bay out of free agency? Well, you still do have Devontae Adams for one more season. It's not like he's gone. So you just have one year, you, you want a lame duck. But then you're sitting there and you're going, okay, well, one, let's wait and see what Rodgers does. Because in theory, you can always work out a deal in season. Now, I know some guys don't like to do it. You can always work out a deal before he officially becomes a free agent after the season. Let's sit and wait. Let's see how this unfolds with Aaron Rodgers. We'll see what Devontae Adams is thinking because it seems like they might be tied mm-hmm. at least a little bit. And at the very least, if you somehow lose them, that is a ton of money yeah, is a on ton the of salary money. cap. And you know Jordan Love's not making anything. And then you look at the salary cap increase, which is figured to go up over $25 million. Yeah. Then you throw in Aaron Rodgers, which is nearly $40 million. You throw in Devontae Adams, God. which is a nice what chunk. A, what a different-looking team. A lo- that's almost $90 million yeah. of money that just got freed up after next season. Could you imagine? You could go out and get the best young receiver that's 26 and sign him for four or five years, and now you have him at 30 or 31 you know at the end of contract, not a Devontae Adams that's, you know, if you sign him to a four- or five-year deal, that's going to be 34, 35. You know what is nuts, Rowdy? The reality is starting to set in for me, as you just were talking there about Tay and Moon Fawn. The reality is starting to set in is life as a Green Bay Packers fan without Aaron Rodgers and without Devontae Adams. Isn't that a scary thought? Yeah, but it's a scary thought, but you're going to have a lot of money, so you could go buy some people you like. Just that idea, though, is frightening. That is a scary, scary thought. Life without Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams wearing the green and gold. Father time remains undefeated, though. See, I would be a way, wow. way more just let that set in. pessimistic and negative and, and say that the outlook looks bleak if they were still tied to a lot of players that were making a high sum of money. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. But you're getting rid of some of your higher paid guys. Yeah. And well, and they're guys that are getting older. Plus, you signed some more team-friendly deals that were even worked because they thought they were probably making room for Aaron Rodgers, like the Bakhtiaris, like the Aaron Joneses, that actually made the the, the Green Bay Packers and their salary cap more flexible moving forward. So if, the, if as Devonta Adams suggests through emoji, that this is a, this report is a lie and whatever, I mean, it's it's a freaking blue cap emoji. It's a blue hat. It means, it means a lie. Why does he just tweet this is a lie? That's, well, it's, 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 we're, 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 we're going to hieroglyphics now, Rowdy, and you got to decipher emojis now. You, you better learn the emoji speak. It's like, I don't even know. But the mark is set right now. The current mark for uh, wide receivers is held by Amari Cooper of the Dallas Cowboys. He got a $100 million deal over five years. Michael Thomas is next with the Saints at $96.3 million over five years. Devontae Adams, if this report is true, which Devontae is kind of refuting that, he would be getting paid if it is you know more, if he's the highest paid receiver, he'll be getting over $100 million, more than Amari Cooper, over five years. That's, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, but Michael Thomas signed his deal. When was that? Uh, it was, I mean, Amari Cooper's was more obviously the most recent. Yeah, one. Amari Cooper was recent, but Amari Cooper is super young. Like my most Michael Thomas, he's. 28. 28. No, but Amari Amari Cooper like was so young when he came out into the draft. It doesn't it feel like he's been around forever? He does. He's still only 27 years old. Yeah. Like he's basically almost two years younger than Devontae Adams. Uh, Odell Beckham is third at 90 million. Mike Evans is fourth at 82 and a half. Brandon Cooks is fifth at 81. Keenan Allen, seventh. Jarvis Landy's uh or sorry, Keenan Allen sixth, Jarvis Landy seventh, Kenny Galladay eighth, so Stefan Diggs, and coming at tenth is Tyler Lockett. See, it's funny because when you're comparing Devontae Adams and Amari Cooper. DeAndre Hopkins is 15th. When, when you're talking about those two, you're saying, oh, but Amari Amari Cooper is young at 27, especially because he signed his deal like a year, wasn't a year or so ago? Yeah. So he signed the deal even a year earlier at, we'll say, 26. Devontae Adams won't be signing this deal until he's 29. <laughs> and by then, once he hits 30, he's old. Uh-huh. So even those three, four years is a huge difference in the NFL. God. But right now when you look at, you know, you always get paid for that, what have you done for me lately, you know? And right now, lately, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. I mean, arguably. You get one or two. No, and, and yeah, you can say it. I would say three years ago, you you could argue he was top ten. And then two years ago, you could argue he top was top five. five. Now he's but one or two. Yeah. Last year, I think he definitely made his move. And you could say he's number one. What's funny is from his rookie year and uh, his sophomore campaign, I remember uh, you know, former listeners of the show who just can't nut up and call in anymore would call him Drop Vontae Adams and wanted him cut to no longer wear the green and gold uh, his sophomore campaign. Now look at him, the best wide receiver in the league, possibly up for the biggest deal ever for a wide receiver, if it is true. Uh, he kind of refutes it, though, with this cap, no cap emoji. Howdy. Or cap emoji, excuse me. Wow, crazy. I feel like there's just been so much Packers drama over something that could be nothing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Well, we're in those dog days of summer, right, where it's, uh, you don't got much, well, there's bucks going on, there's brewers going on, but in years past, it was always Packers driving the needle because the brewers would already be out of contention and the bucks would be <laughs> out as an eight or a seven seed. But here we are. Um, it's funny how the Packers still kind of rule with an iron fist. There's the nothing better, though, than a big-time pennant chase from the Brewers. <laughs>